everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of Dad College. My name is Kim and I am joined by Dave. What's up? You know, just got uh, done with uh, going to my daughter's soccer game. Mm. So getting some good dadding in there. Getting some. Yeah. And that's that's, you know, there's always those degrees of things that you enjoy doing as a dad and things not so much. And I actually do. The soccer games are pretty fun. So are you the dad that's always yelling at the referees or the one that's always like, come on, girls, good job. Whoop, keep it up. Or do you just kind of just mind your own business and watch the game and then secretly judge those other parents? <laughs> so I, I am like quiet 90% of the time. But when my daughter Olivia does something that, Either way, good or, oh, that was probably like a high, woo. Either way, higher. Easy there, Ric Flair. uh, Woo. Good (laughs) or bad. I I will have my moments of outbursts of, like tonight there was one where it was just basically her and the goalie. Oh, no. And she had the ball. And so I'm like, shoot it. And then like just have that moment of like going, nobody else just yelled anything. So. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I don't know. We, we, this year we have a good group of parents this year. Everybody knows everybody's name. Most of the time it's cheering for everybody on the team. Encouraging. We've, we've had, we've had not that in the past. So big shock. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good year this year for parents. They're doing well at rooting on the kids without getting overly critical or embarrassing us yeah i can't say so much for the guys team in the fall no i went to one game and it was i felt uncomfortable and i didn't have but just like one kid i worked with the coffee shop on the team Mm -hmm. and his dad was right behind me and was trying to educate the referee from 90 yards away how to do his job Mm -hmm. and i'm like he's in his fifties and he's overweight and he's refing high school soccer. I don't think you're going to get a FIFA quality game out of this guy. <laughs> Just a hunch. And then the linesman is like trying to make jokes with the high school student section. Let's lower our standards here. Yeah. Like, exactly. Everyone calm down. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, what are we going to talk about tonight? So we're going to talk about um, friends and popularity. And I don't know, maybe just, Social interaction, you know, interpersonal dynamics and that sort of a thing. For our children, not for our children, not as dads with other. No, but that's probably a good topic that we should. So, uh, you like to grill out? (laughs) Got any pets? How about that local sports team? Yeah. Yes. Mowed the lawn yet? Mm. Yeah. Today. Not happy about it. Now my ugly lawn is at least uniform in height. Well, except yeah. for the spots where my dogs have uh, yeah. <laughs> gotten rid of the grass. Same issue. Anyways, all right. So so this was your topic idea. Uh, I think it's a good one. But why don't you uh, lead the discussion off so we at least head in the direction that you were hoping the conversation would lead? Because I don't really know what a good jumping off point is. So... I I think one of the things that hit me is just that 
um, who your kids' friends are is a constant throughout raising them. And I suppose kindergarten, you know, when you, when you, when they go off to public school, if you choose to send your kids to school, uh, is, is really where that becomes an issue. And there's so many different one. They are, they are probably a bigger influence on your kids than you are. And so I think that's, I think that's a, how do you navigate that? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know. I would venture to guess that parents probably believe they're a bigger influence than friends. I don't know, but I, I, I that's personally like a case by case, a basis, case by I case. I, so, so I, I personally believe that friends are probably one of the um, biggest influences that your children will have for, you know, their growing up years because that's who they spend the most time with. Well, and it's whose opinions they value the most. And it's whose opinions they value the most. It really is. Uh, so that was, that was something there. Um, and then helping your kids sort of navigate the, um, because while your kids' friends will be the biggest influence on them, I think you need to be intentional fairly early on in helping your kids choose their friends. Because I think if you, if you're intentional at a younger age, you can have a positive sort of, um, I don't know, I'm picturing a rudder on a ship, kind of this like, (laughs) okay, going to kind of guide you here. Bumpers on a bowling alley. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, just some of the challenges that come with, um, your kids, friends. And I don't know, it, while, the, while they're one of the bigger influences, your, your influence is still important. And it's not like we just uh, step back and not do that, not help our kids navigate friendships and how to respond to people and things like that. And then, um, you know, there's, there's, I think there is this, I, this concept of popularity and um, who quote unquote are the popular kids. But I also think there's kind of this, like, um, everybody wants to be liked. And so while you may not be quote unquote, the popular kids in the high school, you certainly need to learn how to interact with people. And I think we can help our kids do that again. Yeah. And there can be some intentionality behind that. And then there's going to be just stuff that you're just like, why am I even dealing with this? Like, where did this come from? (laughs) And it was never even on my radar screen. Uh, Because certainly when I was growing up, social media was not a factor. And it is for my oldest daughter, probably one one of the biggest influences on her um, over the last few years. Because not only do you have this, do you value the friend, your friends on a day-to-day basis interaction with them? But then you also kind of have this, your friendship is played out kind of in this public arena where not only do your friends get to comment on it, but their parents do. And 
friends once removed do and distant, you know, it, it really, your conversations and interactions get played out in a public arena exponentially greater than just your high school or your junior high or elementary school. Yeah. I think I was one of the, I graduated high school in 2004. Facebook became a thing like that year, maybe the year before, but it was only for college students for the first few years. So, and then, you know, after that Instagram showed up and then Twitter. So I was not the last graduating class to have a pre-social media high school, but I was certainly one of the last five. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't have to navigate high school worrying about, you know, oh, she said, or they said they didn't want to hang out. And they all posted an Instagram post of them hanging out. And now I feel neglected because they chose to hang out without me. And that does happen. Oh, it does. Totally. And they post pictures about it and, oh, I had so much fun. And you're like, well, awesome. Screw all of you guys. Yeah. Um, now in, in my day, we had to be a little more, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmesian about it and figuring it out, but it was still pretty obvious when people were dodging you. Um, it just wasn't public in the sense that, you know, you got to scroll your, your, your Twitter feed or Instagram feed and then go, Oh, well now I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, before, I just want to talk on popularity for a second then maybe we can get back to some other stuff. I think that's the biggest racket and like all of pre-adulthood is because who decides the cool kids are cool. The, the cool, cool kids, kids do, right? <laughs> it's self-election and they decide who's in the club and who isn't. And it's usually like in my experience, it was um, the kids that had money, the girls that were pretty. And then the boys that were uh, that hit puberty first. Roughly, rough, roughly speaking, mm-hmm. that's how my experience, and I was a total late bloomer mm-hmm. and I wasn't the best at sports and we had money, but I was not in the upper echelon of my school. Mm-hmm. So like I had friends and, you know, I had a, a click. I had, you know, a group that I belonged to. We weren't the nerds. We weren't the cool kids. We were just like the accepted, like normal kids. And that was totally fine for me. I didn't want to be a cool kid cause they were all idiots anyways. I wanted to date the cool girls cause they were all the pretty ones, <laughs> but the whole construct of like popularity in middle school and high school is such like the quintessential, uh, like fake drama. Mm-hmm. Cause the second you get to college and go, Oh, <laughs> that, that was all bull crap. Mm-hmm. Cause guess what? I'm on a campus and there's a bunch of people that have the same exact niche like likes that I do. If I want to do cosplay, I got 30 people that can, you know, go LARP with me and we can pretend to be Jedis. Or if I'm super into Pokemon or foosball or crocheting or, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, there's a reading club on campus. Yeah. So yeah, for what it's worth, I know in the, in the moments, in the years, it seems like it's important and what your standing is, but it is the it's the biggest crock of bull crap you're going to experience before you become an adult. Then there's lots more crocks of bull crap you have to deal with. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's just the biggest one. It, it causes so much stress and so much emotional damage and so mm-hmm. much relational garbage. It's just not worth it because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, when you're 16, it's your world. It's exactly. And so I feel I don't I don't want to be condescending or. um so passe, like, don't even worry about it. But like, it is one of those things that once you gain even just a little bit of perspective outside of high school, 
like not even a ton. You don't have to be 40. You can be like 19 and go, <laughs> okay, yeah, that was all silly. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean the emotions aren't real. It doesn't mean that the stress isn't real. It doesn't mean that, you know, whatever you're dealing with isn't real. It's just in the end or even in the next couple of years, it's not going to matter as much. And I think one of the hard things that's going to be hard for me as a dad is when my kids start going through that is not having the, the overly just like get over it and move on. It's right. not like, just like, trust me, you know, and not be present for what for them is all that they can see. And I think that's going to be the big struggle for me. Cause I'm going to want to be like, Oh my really? Yeah. Is that really what she said? And that yeah. bothers you that like, I need to protect. So luckily I have, you know, like hopefully like 15 years before I have to deal with the serious stuff, but that that's my piece on, on popularity. I will stop before I make it. And you know, um, I was, I had a, it's kind of funny. I actually, my junior high French teacher is still a good friend of mine. Uh, she is your Emmy. Yes. And it's, it's funny because, um, yeah, like we don't hang out all the time, but every once in a while we get together and it's like, we never, you know, there's just people that you click with in life mm-hmm. and Madame Mortko was <laughs> one of those people for me. And we'll get together for coffee and we'll talk about Jesus and we'll talk about life and we'll talk about, you know, and she said and to you me, speak all in French, right? Uh, no, 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 no. She speaks French. I was a middle school and high school Bonjour, French I remember going to Haiti and somebody like, I actually carried on a conversation of about four or five sentences without really thinking about it. Nice. And then went, Oh crap. Mm. We've just realized we've just reached the extent of my <laughs> <laughs> conversational French into the abyss of the French. I do not know. And then I finally had to say, uh, I'm an American. <laughs> They couldn't tell, but you're never mind. And then he was like, and then he was like, oh, so you speak anyway. Uh, But she said to to me and my friend Ken, when we were middle school, she said, you don't want to peak in high school. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, my mom said the exact same. Really? Yeah. And I just remember having different experiences post high school where that phrase just was like, oh, this is what she was talking about. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I've experienced a 10 year high school reunion, a 20 year high school reunion, and I'm a year away from my 30 year high school reunion, that is which hard to believe. I will not go to, um, but yeah, just different things of like, you know, the cool jock being fat and bald <laughs> to the super nerdy guy being a mega millionaire mm-hmm. to the a super annoying kid being a um an attorney general to uh kind of one of the fringe popular guys being arrested in the city where I was a police officer for homicide yikes so it, it's little things that just kind of go yeah High school is not life. And as a parent, you want so desperately to impart that to your children to help them have perspective. And yet in the moment, you have to kind of come alongside that. Well, you definitely have to come alongside them and help them navigate those waters because for them, it is life. It is real. And I think perspective is what we help them to have. It's not like you negate what they're feeling or what they're experiencing. Right. And, and my the thing I feel like I'm going to struggle with is how do I provide perspective without negating 
the reality mm-hmm. of their situation. That to me is the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my mom said two things. You, you don't want to peak in high school and be very, very, very kind to the smart and nerdy kids because you <laughs> might wind up working for them someday. And that is very true. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know, I even remember one of the more awkward gals that, you know, I liked her. She was awkward, but she's a makeup artist in Hollywood and does makeup for some of the most A-list celebrities. Well, and you I, would have never, I mean, like, who would have put that together? Yeah. You, you know more about your high school class than I know about a single person from mine. Oh, really? Yeah. I kind of got excommunicated from my group of friends in college because I wouldn't drink and smoke weed. Hmm. And I don't think they appreciated having the, the token Christian there not partaking and feeling judged. <laughs> Even though I was like, you do like whatever. I, I like you guys. I disagree with the decisions you're making. Um, and so like they just stopped calling me and they were the only friends I stayed in contact with. So like I'd come home from college and be like, so mom, uh, want to watch a movie? <laughs> and they're the last ones that I had contact with. So except for like the two that I went to college with, but you know, we went our separate ways and all that stuff, but yeah, I, I really, yeah, just, I know, I know nothing. I've not been to a single reunion, nothing. Yeah. It, it, and it really is. It's just, I, I even remember just thinking, Oh, I wish I had been better friends with this person. Uh, I wish I'd asked this girl out, you know, <laughs> not that I have any regrets with my life, but you know, even then just like, I remember liking a girl and not asking her out because she was quote unquote unpopular. Not only was she, you know, not in the popular group, not was she kind of in the middle, oh, but she, she was, was like, yes. she was a, oh my gosh, you leper unclean. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I don't know. She was a cool girl then and she's a cool girl now. And it's my loss for not being a bigger human being for. So anyway. Well, I think you've done all right for yourself. David. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like I said, no regrets uh, from where I'm at, but. Wish I had done a better job of just being everybody's friend and got to know some of the more unique people mm-hmm. instead of being so worried about being labeled not cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what I, here's what I really want to do is I want the high schoolers to listen to this episode and tell us how off we are based on what they their experience is. Uh, there is a new TV show and I can't even tell you what the name of it is or what network it is. But they sent some 20-somethings back to high school, and it was actually filmed in Topeka, Kansas, at a fairly rough high school. In Topeka? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was like on, I want to say it was on A&E, but I'm not 100% <laughs> It on wasn't it. 21 Jump Street, was no, it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it, it just, I, I am like... I can't imagine having to deal with some of the stuff that you guys deal with. I'm assuming they picked 20 somethings that looked like it, they could still mm-hmm. pull off 17 yeah. or 18. I, and honestly, I I've more read news articles about it and heard people's uh, that have watched. I have not seen it. So, huh? Yeah. I not heard of it either. So anyways, so yeah, we kind of got off on the popularity yeah, there. I just did. knew right. that I had strong opinions on that and I wanted to, get those out of the way. Um, so we've talked a bit about that. Um, I don't know why I'm steering the ship here. This is your, no, you're fine. Your topic. Um, but like specifically about like friendship, what, what roles should 
a dad play, like you said, in helping their ch- children at a young age choose friends um, and then navigating the the relational and emotional waters that, you know, will happen as the kids get older. You know, I think the first thing that a, a dad should be able to, to articulate to their kids is that their kids should be who they are and they should never feel like they have they have to be something that they're not. But what if your kid's a jerk? Oh. Hmm. I didn't have kids that were jerks, so I don't know. I mean, I don't plan on having kids that are jerks, yeah. but there's always the off chance that he's just a real turd and likes to, you know, punch little kids. That's interesting. Because those kids are out there. They are out there. I ran into them a lot for some reason when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I had a kid throw my bike against the brick wall at the school and throw my helmet on the roof. And then I went home and told my dad and then my dad got the phone book out. Cause that's how old this was called his dad had him go over and the kid lied to his dad's face and my dad's face. Then I was like, then why is my helmet on the roof of the school? And I had to wait all weekend to get my helmet back. <laughs> oh, I, I, st- I still know his name. I won't say it, but I still remember him. Yeah. I was like, it was a sweet, it was a dyno BMX, you know, bike with pegs on the, front and uh-huh. back so like it's like in theory i could spin it around i can never do it i always fall, fell over but she's like what the heck i was just at the playground and he's like i'm gonna be a bully mm. yeah like, well, bully, bullies wanna, are not good i don't want to talk about bullies because i have strong opinions on that that i think most people would not agree with well and that's i wonder if we don't have similar thoughts because that was kind of my initial when you said that but so yeah, I, it happened it was fine like it wasn't enjoyable but I wasn't physically harmed. And the, the two times I got into a fight, I held my own and then I was never in another fight because getting punched in the face isn't fun. Yeah. I got punched in the face once in the second fight and I was like, yep, I'm done. I won the fight, but I was like, I'm never putting myself in that position again. I'll just yeah. talk trash. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Anyways, yeah, I, sorry, I, I, I took I, us off topic. So no, I think it's, I think it's good to encourage your kids to be who they are. Um, now if your kid is a jerk, probably need to teach them some manners and, um, how to be nice to people. But I think the other thing you get to help your kids is, is to be who they are and then give them permission to be friends with those. Like, you know, it's going to seem important to be popular. It's going to seem important to not, but in the long run, that's really not what matters. Uh, um, and the other thing I think it's that that's difficult because you, you run into this is uh, people that parent differently than you do. And maybe uh, don't have yeah. the same sort of ethics or morality or just basic courtesies that you think are important in life. And your kids may end up, I, cause it, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's certain people that you just click with. Mm-hmm. And if you click with somebody and your kid's the nice kid and that kid's the jerk, it can be very difficult because you, you want to go, why are you friends with him? And your child's going to be like, I don't know. I just like him, you know, and he might even be drawn to it. If you have a, a quiet, timid kid, he may be drawn to the kid that's outspoken and, <laughs> you know, picks fights and yeah. Um, and and it comes back to what, you know, is, is we look at topics and we think about things for dad college. 
you need to be in conversation with your children throughout their life. And even a bad conversation with your kids is better than no conversation with your kids. And maybe even giving them permission to kind of correct you on something or to say, dad, you don't understand, or you don't have, you don't get it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, for your, if your kid can articulate that to you, you're on your way to being a, a great dad. If your cat, if your child at a young age can say to you, dad, I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree with you. Um, that's a wonderful place to be. It may not seem like it, like, cause, cause they're not going to say it that way. Right. They're going to say, dad, I love you, but you don't get it. You're stupid. Yeah. You, you don't get what it's like to be a kid today. Well, you know, is so back to what we said earlier of, I do believe that friends are going to be the biggest influence on your kids. That doesn't mean that what you're saying doesn't matter. And it doesn't mean that what you're saying doesn't have an impact on your kids because while their friends are an influence on them and they want to be liked and they want to be included, hopefully you are sharing things with your kids that have, again, this longer life perspective and there's truth behind it. And, and while your kid may not see it in the moment, um, if you're engaged and know what's going on, I think they're going to go, Oh, okay. This is what dad was talking about. And I see that now I didn't see it in the moment, but being removed from it, um, I can see that. So, um, I think as a parent, and this is one of the ones that, that we, we run into frequently is, uh, kids being allowed to do things that are just absolutely absurd for the age level that they're at. And having a dad be, having your dad be a cop doesn't help with that either because yeah. your dad sees every, but let me, let me just ask you this, Cam, you going to let Kennedy go to Westport when she's 16 on a Saturday night? With other 16 year olds? With other 16 year olds. Are they even allowed in anymore? They block all the streets up. Well, with yeah. fake IDs? Yeah. I, I, uh, well, no. I hell mean, no. But clearly, but, but yeah, that's one of the ones that we've dealt with is. Why? Especially, especially if she's a girl, not a chance. It's like, why would you even want to allow your kid to be in that environment? Like if it was the Westport Art Fair and there was parents going? Yeah. Cause that's, you know. No, we're, we're talking about like Saturday night, which I think you're right. Since this conversation has happened, they've cracked down on that a little bit more, but yeah, no, not at all. No. Why? What good can come of that? Exactly. They, they gain a fine taste for whiskey at a young age. (laughs) You know, they get hit on by some creepy 30 year old. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a terrible idea. So, so we've dealt with, with some of that and. For those that, that don't know what Westport is, Westport oh, is that's a good point. Uh, uh, what I think is a very cool part of Kansas oh, absolutely. City, depending on when you go, uh, Saturday, Friday night, it is one of three main bar night scene club type areas in the city. Um, and yeah, 16 year olds got no business being there after probably seven or eight o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. Before things turn into, it's just a giant party. It's yeah. like, there's a one main intersection and like four offshoots and it's just, it's, it, you're 24 and want to party hardy. If you're down to clown, you know, 
then that's one of the places you want to be. So yeah, not a good spot for a teenage girl to be. No. Or a teenage boy, really. Because he's going to try and show that he's macho. Yeah. And step up to the wrong dude and get destroyed. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Anyways. So, yeah, a little context for the non-Kansas <laughs> City listeners. Um, you know, and then you are just, you know, the other thing is, is you are going to have to let your kids be friends with people that it's just even saying it, it almost seems elitist or, but when you tell your kids, they're not a good person to be friends with, you need to be able to articulate why. Um, and one of the simple things that we have done with our kids is to ask them, does this person have a track record of making good choices? And by the time they get to high school, there's usually been some kind of consequences for the choices that people have made. Well, you would hope so, but yeah. Generally speaking. And it's always interesting to watch kind of my daughter, the light bulb kind of go on for her of just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's that, you know, it's truly that, but I like this person and I want to be friends with them. And you have to say, you know, do they have a track record of making good choices? Well, no, they don't. Okay. Are you willing to deal with the consequences of that? And it's just, it's, it's not always easy. Um, you know, the other thing too is, is that your kids, like you said, could be jerks. They could be the instigator of this. Uh, they could run with a group of kids that consistently make bad choices that consistently get uh, in trouble. And I think the other thing too is, is as difficult as it may be, one of the things as a parent you have to have perspective on is that middle school and high school is not life. And while they're making bad choices as a child, one, mm-hmm. their deva- their brain is not fully developed. And uh, two, those influences become less of a factor as they get older. And so um, you need to stick to your guns on what you know is, is right and is what is important. And you need to not waver in that. It's more important to be your child's parent and not their friend. Uh, if I could label the one thing that it seems like to me that parents' mistake is, is wanting to be the quote-unquote cool parent, quote-unquote their kid's friend. And I really think being a parent and putting down guidelines and rules and expectations and then making an effort to follow up on those is very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. So being involved, being engaged, having those conversations is probably the most important part. It's not going to make it go perfectly, but. Um, oh, no. I mean, nothing can. No. Not when two humans are involved. Yeah. And and kids are mean. <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, even, even without. Yeah. Middle schoolers, especially. Being intentional. They are mean. You know, I, I, my son will be has. Uh, cerebral palsy, he does his best to engage, but you know, uh, Thursday or Friday last week was basically told by another kid that he couldn't throw a football and that absolutely devastated Wilby. 
And the thing is, is the kid may not have even been being mean. He may have just simply been stating a fact. Yeah. Because Wilby cannot throw a football. Yeah. But it, he took it very personally and very hard. Oh, yeah. and so, he's a he's a gentle kid. Oh yeah. Has and I want to be very sensitive to this. Has he received that you're aware of any um poor treatment because of the fact that he is black and not white and where we live that's a very uncommon thing i'm not aware of it at this point i'm um, just curious i mean obviously i would hope that for kids the cerebral palsy would be the obvious thing and not his skin color but i also know where we live mm-hmm. and there's what definitely a, anti yeah what a uh obvious issue racism can be in this mm-hmm. part of the country. Yeah. So I just wasn't sure if you guys had, had dealt with that, that you were aware of. Not that I'm aware of in the schools with his friends or any of the kids that he engages with. So well, that's good. That makes me at least. Yeah. Hopeful that. Yeah. His disability disability thus far has been the big, the bigger. And, and again, even in that, I, the things that I've been that I have heard, I I don't believe it's kids being cruel, but maybe more just that you know when you're young you don't have this need to hide the truth you don't have this need to well and you also I don't think have been educated with how you speak about people that have physical or mental limitations that aren't their fault it's mm-hmm. just a result of whatever you know, be it cerebral palsy or MS or, uh, you know, autism or, you know, any being anywhere in the spectrum, like a six-year-old probably isn't educated on how to deal with, they just go, Oh, you're different. What's wrong with you? Right. And it's not malice. It's just like now a 13 year old that's malice. (laughs) They should know better by then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just because, I mean, it's one of those things that I think as a parent, you're so concerned about the 95 other things to deal with the having the conversation with how do you handle discussing something they've never seen before Mm -hmm. a child in a wheelchair, uh, someone with a walker, uh, a child who can't speak, you know, or a child who's blind and and you like in the moment you're like, Oh crap, should have had this conversation a year ago before, but here we are. And then you look at the other parent mortified. Like, I am so sorry. Like, I told like I uh, and, and hopefully, you know, that parent is understanding of, yes, you know, first time around or whatever. But yeah, that's just. I was going to make a joke about that, about kids being mean, but now in light of that story, I, I shall not because I do not want to. Yeah, you know, and here's the other thing I, that I've come to the conclusion of is everybody gets bullied. And so to think that you're in, I don't think bully, I think bullying should be squelched as best. We have the ability to squelch bullying. We should do it. But to think you're special because you're being bullied or being picked on, yeah. you know what? Get over yourself because each and every one of us in some time, in some context, we're probably bullied on. Um, and some of the bullies that we deal with are probably bullies because they were bullied in another context, mm-hmm. whether that's at home by parents, whether that's siblings, whether that, you know, Something has created that in them. Not saying it's okay, but I, I definitely think we need to learn to not be so. Um, 
Well, when I grew up, we there was we said sticks and stones break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And the names hurt when I was called names as a kid. Mm-hmm. But that that phrase like literally started to go. Okay, everybody gets called names at some point. I don't like to be called names. I probably shouldn't do it to other people. And I feel like we've gotten to this point of. I, I we're a little bit, I guess, soft. I, we just I don't know how to kid gloves comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things that I think as a parent, you know, you need to help your kids navigate is other kids are going to be mean to you. Life is hard and people will be mean to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the concept of wanting life for your kids to be fair, wanting everything in their life to be fair, wanting them to have, uh, comfort and not have to deal with like hardship. Like to me, you're just setting your kids up for failure. They're going to get to the real world and they're going to get kicked square in the face Mm -hmm. and they're not going to know how to do it. And they're going to run back home to mommy and daddy to fix it. Yeah. And I don't know about you. My 24 year old gets knocked down. I expect them to be able to get, pick themselves back up and deal with it. Sure. I'll be there to, to counsel and, you know, Mm -hmm. have a shoulder to cry on, but you're 24. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself up and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that, yeah, we, as parents, we, we've talked about this before on the show. We are preparing our children for what life is going to be like when they're not in the house and mm-hmm. life outside of the house is not fair and people will take shortcuts and will try to, uh, catapult ahead of you and will put you down so that they look better for the boss. Like that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And to try and hide them from that, you're not doing them any favors. Yeah. No, I think we validate how they're feeling. Yeah. Like I get that this is frustrating. I get that this seems unfair, but, but you don't remove the hardship just because you want their life to be easy because life is not easy. Yep. Success is not even success. Just like, surviving is not easy, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone has to deal with crap all the time. A stupid boss, uh, a passive aggressive coworker, an annoying sibling, you know, a crazy uncle, like whatever it is, you know, maybe you, you just don't handle stressful situations that well. Well, there's a lot of those in life. So yeah, I don't know. Have I talked about Olivia being late to school on the podcast? I, not that I'm aware of. So basically she, there, How? she, you live like three minutes from the high school. Well, so she overslept and, Oh, it's not a regularly occurring thing. Oh no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Well, that's like, it. She's, she's very, and that's even it. So because it's not a common thing when it has happened over the course of her school career, mom has covered for her. And so unfortunately for Olivia, she got dad one morning and was like, dad, I'm late. I was like, Sounds like you better get to school. And she just like, she's, I could just tell she was looking at me like, you're not going to write me a note. You're not going to do anything. And I was like, the longer you stand there, the later you are. <laughs> and she just was like, so disgusted with me. She was like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. And it was just like, I bet you, I bet you're never late again. And, and so far she hasn't been, but it just was funny when she just was like, and I, you know, I, personally as a parent am a big believer in 
um, natural consequences taking care of a lot of bad behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I think parents want to come in and rescue uh, their kids far too often. And I'm not saying you should never do that because we all have those situations where it's just, it truly is circumstantial. It's just, you know, we're, we're late for whatever reason. We didn't do the homework for whatever reason. We, you know, something didn't happen that should have. I'm not saying not do that, but if you're, if it's more than once or it's, you know, I just think there's, I think those natural consequences sometimes can be, mm-hmm. and I've, you know, people probably think I'm very mean for this, but I've told my kids, you ever get arrested? I'm not bailing you out the first night. Oh yeah. I think, I think, oh man, I don't know. Depending on what I had done. Like, I think I would have spent one or two nights before. Yeah. And I don't know who would crack first. I think my mom probably would have cracked Uh, for me. Yeah. Um, but not for the girls and then vice versa. My dad would have cracked for the girls, but not for me. But yeah, I, I guarantee you if I had done something stupid and was going to get locked up overnight, they'd have left me in there just to sweat it out yep. and put the fear of God in me about, you know, ever do anything stupid like that again, yep. you know, whatever, whatever it is that gets you in jail for a night and then you get to go home. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I don't even I'll, know what that I'll, is. I'll tell you most that's right now. That's most things. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Right now, most things it's, you're going to see the judge and you're going to be, hey, the jails are too, the jails are overcrowded. So short of committing a person felony, which is basically a, a crime against another person where you've done something seriously bad, bad against yeah. the other person, you're probably going to get out the next day. Uh, and you might not even have, um, to pay your own recognizances. OR, OR bond. Anyway, uh, the other thing I think is, is just helpful to, to help your kids realize is that the friends that they have in elementary, junior high, and high school are probably not the friends that they're going to have for the rest of their life. Not saying that's, I mean, one of my best friends, Ken, was, it, we, you know, we've been friends since we were like 12, 13 years old, and um, we did a lot of stupid things together. <laughs> Never got arrested. Well, did things we could have been arrested for. You bad kid, Dave. But yeah, statute of limitations long up on any of that stuff. So, can you get arrested for throwing water balloons at cars? Uh, yeah. Really? Okay, then I've done one thing you can get arrested for. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, it really, it really, it really, property damage. It it really depends on who the driver was and how much they want. If they really wanted to push something, it was was big, like. 20 foot long Cadillacs. So nailed it. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. That was like the only bad thing I really did. I was too afraid to get in trouble. I I did, but I was too afraid to get in trouble. I, that was only afraid to get in trouble, but I was also for some reason had this concept of what are the, what's the probability of getting caught No. And I would always kind of weigh that. I never went there. I was just like, my freedom could be taken away. I'm not going to do it. But so, anyways, um, anything else before we uh, go to bed, frankly? Yeah, that's, that's true. No, I just, it, you know, um, I think this is one of the more difficult things that you will do is helping your kids navigate their friendships. But I, I truly believe it is uh, one of the most important things that you can do. and. If I had to err on the side of, of, I would say you probably need to be more involved than you are 
or you think you need to be. Um, and you might even feel like you're intruding a little bit, but, but um, in the long run, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe there's parents that are out there that are the helicopter parents that are overly involved and, and that sort of thing. So that may but be that a secretly bad. have all of their kids text messages also go to their phone. Yeah. So never mind. I shouldn't no, I'm, <laughs> see now I'm being judgy, whatever I'm going to stop. Cause I don't know your situation. Well, and that's more, I guess that, but that to me, I guess is like a good example of what I'm talking about. That's kind of like a passive behind the, the, the scenes. And I guess what I'm saying is, is engage with your kids and, and talk with them. If you're going to get their text messages, they should know, then let them know that you're getting your text messages, but then they can find other ways to do things that I now, know that's, about. That's true too. That is very, your kids will always, always do things that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. So just, just, just kind of assume that they're doing things that you don't want to know they're doing. Eventually they're going to have to revert back to the uh, tin cans and wire. Cause you can't tap that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe we'll all wind up back in the stone age. Once all this technology just brings us to our knees. Yeah. The robots take over. It's going to happen. All right. Well, on that bombshell <laughs> time to go buy a missile silo. Bye. Yes. Bye. <laughs>